Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? And Dan, today we're going to talk about a slate of games where NFL history was made. Six games came to the final play of the game and ended on game-winning field goals. One of those games, very near and dear to both of us. Shall we? Sure. Let's start on Thursday night where we had two of the worst teams in the NFL, NFL history, potentially, go up against one another. And this one came down to the bitter end as Chicago did everything they could to let Carolina win. Carolina did everything they could to let Chicago win. And in the end, nobody won because this game sucked. We both watched this, Dan. What did you think of this one? Chicago did the best thing they could because they have Carolina's number one overall pick. So now they just gave Carolina another loss to keep them in that number one spot but for their draft pick. That second pick that they do have in the first round, that second high pick they're going to have, is now sitting at fifth. So drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams in the same draft may be out of reach given how crap the uh, other four or five bottom feeder teams are this year. So we don't really need to talk about this other than the fact that Carolina missed a 59-yard field goal, which could have tied the game with 140 left. Um, I'm, I'm not sure we need to mention anything else. Like, this game was bad. Bryce Young didn't look especially good. He didn't look bad. Uh, Tyson Badgett didn't look... He looked like a... Do we... Talk. I'm tired. Talk. I mean, he didn't... Both of them looked terrible. I mean, Badgett looked like he played against a bad team. Bryce Young looked like he played against a bad team. And Bryce Young... Like, this... I mean, honestly, there you don't have anything to talk about because there's nothing to talk about with this game. I mean... The the highlight on offense probably is Donta Foreman, twenty one for eighty, with a with with a touchdown, the only offensive touchdown of this game. Like there's really nothing to talk about. I mean, this is one we can definitely move on from fairly quickly. Then let's do it. Carolina falls to one in the season. Chicago gets their third win. Let's move along. Let's talk to another. Talk about another game that was just garbage. This one happened at Deutsche Bank Park in Germany somewhere. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts improved to 5-5 five and five with a 10-6 victory over the now 2-8 and eight New England Patriots. Congratulations, New England. You have unseated Chicago and the Giants to be the second worst team in football. That's fair, right? I think that's pretty fair. I think they're pretty close to being the second worst team in football. I I just don't really know like what to think about this team. I mean, is Mac Jones as as bad as? Yeah. he's he's terrible. He's so bad. Like, is Bailey Zappi's not going to be the answer either? But they're coming they're coming into the bye week this week, so let's see where they come out of this at with who at quarterback. Um, they are in real conversation for the Caleb sweepstakes as well. That's the only reason Bill Belichick is going to come back and coach next year is if they are able to draft Caleb Jones. Um, I mean, this this Patriots, I will say this Patriots team does have some huge injuries to them as well on the defensive side. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, both these, these are another two teams that are just kind of irrelevant at this point in the season. I mean, Indianapolis is 5-5 five and five in what I think is a weak division. Um, so maybe they're playing for the, the division later on. Um, Minshew's obviously meh. Minshew is what I'm going to start calling him. You proud of yourself for that? Always. That, that's, that, that's not high quality. That, that's that's pretty bad, actually. Uh, Mac Jones got benched. Bailey Zappi came in and threw the game-ending interception after Mac yeah, Jones. coverage off a of fake spike. Uh, I don't get why. I just, I don't get it. 
Uh, McDaniels needs to go back to New England so they can run a competent offense. Because Lord knows he's not a competent coach, apparently. Although when you mock, you know, Mark Davis on Halloween, you're probably not going to keep your job very much after that. So let's move on then, because that was one of the worst things we could have done to Germany since 1945. I have no comment. Let's move along. The Houston Texans fell the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams now sit at 5-4 with a 30-27 victory thanks to a Matt Amendola 38-yard field goal. This was set up because Evan McPherson hit a 31-yard field goal inside of two minutes. This game was a lot closer than what both of us liked. And honestly, I believe we both picked Cincinnati, did we not, on this one? We both did pick Cincinnati, but that is a loss that I will happily take. Absolutely. C.J. Stroud, 23 for 39, 356, a TD pick and a sack. He added a rushing touchdown on two carries for eight yards and lost two fumbles on the ground. Not uh, not good from your boy there, buddy. Uh, the one fumble was a botched handoff. The other one I didn't see. Um, I'm sorry, not a botched handoff, a botched snap. But, I mean, I'm okay with it. He's This is still one of the better defenses in the league. Um, he's going up against as a rookie. He two game-winning drives in back-to-back weeks. Um, there's not really much to like. I mean, to me right now, he is the clear offensive rookie of the year. I think uh, that goes without saying. There's nobody even close, man. They're I mean. sitting at five and four, and they are very well in the hunt for this division. Uh, I have a parlay of them to win the division with a few other teams, so uh, I'm for sure rooting for them. And I mean, we can I can sit here and talk about his numbers all day. I'm not going to. Um, but when you when you outperform Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Um, kind of speaks volumes to what you do, especially because Burrow looks healthy at this point. Granted, he was without one of his top targets, but still, uh, you I still mean, had Jamar Chase go off. Yeah, he still had Jamar Chase get five catches for 124 and a score. Tyler Boyd was eight for 117. Um, now, granted, T. Higgins being out last week and this coming week, which is good news for you on Thursday, um, that's a big loss to we got to mention Devin Singletary, don't we? I mean, 30 for 150 and a score and a catch for 11 yards. I mean, he he had a he had himself a game. And how about Noah Brown? 7 for 172. That's pretty that's pretty big. Yeah, man. I mean, this is I mean, I'm just going to kind of go back to it. This is another this this team has young receivers and a young quarterback that I think they can they can grow with with Tank Dell, Noah Brown. Um Ah, oh, man, who was out this week? I forget who was out this week. My dog is, is going crazy. Not a Bengals fan. She is not a Bengals fan. We found that out on Saturday night. Dan and I started talking about the Bengals, and she lost her mind and then farted all over the place and stunk us both out of the room. Nice dog, though. Real nice. Let's move along. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers causing everybody to believe the Jacksonville Jaguars are phony. They are fake. They are pretenders as they fell 34-3 to to San Francisco at home in Everbank Stadium. Both teams now sit at 6-3. and three. I saw this, and Dan, you know what I thought of? You remember Denny Green? He was a, a coach, coached for the, um, I believe the Eagles and the Cardinals. They are who we thought they were. Yes. I have a feeling that was said by Doug Peterson about the Niners because with the exception of CMC losing his streak and losing me some money about not scoring a touchdown in his 19th straight game, this is the Niners team we all thought they were going to be. Like, they hit on every cylinder they could. This was a game you got wrong and I got right. And I, uh, oh no, we both did get this. Did you go back and change that? I think you I did not. We both that. picked San Francisco. Um, I had Jacksonville first and you talked me out of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, San Francisco is coming off three losses. And uh, just really quickly, I mean, uh, you can touch on this game if you want. I mean, the, the stats kind of speak for themselves yeah, as far as just the score speaks for itself. But what I want to talk about here is I want to talk about this Jacksonville team, their wins. Cause they were on a five game win streak going into this game. They beat a good Pittsburgh. I guess we can say a good Pittsburgh team. 
Um, no. They be a, be a bad Saints team. I'm going to call that Saints team bad at this point. Mm, okay, sure. They lost to Josh Dobbs. Uh, you mean the quarterback of destiny, Josh Dobbs? Um, we have the the Colts. They beat the Colts. They beat a mediocre Bills team. And they beat a bad Falcons team. Oh. And their other win this season is to a Colts. So they beat, they, they beat the Colts twice in their own division. Their two losses were to the Texans, which who I believe wins this division, and also the Chiefs, who clearly are a good team. So they have the they have the the Titans, the Texans, and the Bengals coming up, and I can see them going one and two, or even zero and three in those next games, depending on what Levis does against uh, against this team. Um, I think this team is definitely on fraud watch here, and this is going to be a big week coming out for them after getting punched in the mouth coming off a bye. Fair enough. Uh, anytime Sam Darnold gets into a football game and it's not. Because of an injury, you know the Niners have won this football game, and they did this. I'm glad you talked me out of it, because this was before, even before Debo went in from 23 yards out, and Juszczyk caught a 22-yard pass from Birdie. 50 seconds into the third quarter, Kittle caught a 66-yard pass from Birdie, and I looked at you right then, and I told you that game is over. I sat next to you and I told you that game is over. And it was right. Jacksonville put up no kind of fight. And at home, too, this is a bad look. A bad look for the Jaguars. Let's move along. Let's talk about a good look. And then a really, really bad turn of events. The Minnesota Vikings improved to 6-4 and and perhaps put some heat down the neck of the Detroit Lions as they improve with a 27-19 victory. Over the now five and five New Orleans Saints, two things to take away from here. Josh Dobbs on his third team this year is winning. And it's Jameis time in New Orleans, which is bigger, Dan. Uh, just how smart the pastronaut is. I feel like that's a reference you need to explain. Well, Josh Dobbs is a literal astronaut and he's a pat and he, he he plays quarterback so he's the pastronaut he's a literal astronaut he's he has a degree in astrophysics okay to be an astronaut you have to go into and he has gone to space google it okay talk about this game while i fact check you all right so looking at uh on Derek Carr got hurt partially partway through this game. Ed is also going to fact check to make sure that it is Jameis time and how long Derek Carr's injury is because he's just dropping that type of information and not moving from there. Jameis did do Jameis things when he came into the game. He threw for two touchdowns, also proceeded to throw for two interceptions. Um, I believe he still holds the record for most interceptions in the season. Uh, let's flip to the other side of the ball. Uh, Josh Dobbs, one TD through the air and no interceptions, 23 for 34. 268 yards uh, on the ground. Ty Chandler seems to have maybe taken over this backfield. Uh, he outrushed, outrushed Alexander Madison with uh, 15 attempts to eight attempts. Uh, he also scored the lone touchdown on the ground from the running backs because Josh Dobbs got the other one. And then through the air, Hawkinson had himself a day with no KJ Osborne, no Justin Jefferson, 15 targets, 11 receptions, 134 and a touch. Okay, you're wrong. Josh Dobbs has never been to space and, in fact, decided against a program in space and aeronautics, despite having a degree. And Derek Carr is on a bye this week, so he has a week to rest up. He hopes to play the following week against Atlanta, but he is currently in concussion protocol. So we will... Wait and see on that one. Let's move along. Green Bay falls again as the Pittsburgh Steelers improved to 6-3 with a 23-19 victory over the Packers at Heinz Field. I'm not calling it Acrisure Stadium. That's so terrible. Um, Yeah. What do you got on this one, buddy? Uh, well, Jordan Love sucks. He cannot oh. put together a game-winning drive to literally save his career. Um, I guess it's good for them that they got rid of Aaron Rodgers because now they know he's not the answer. 
Uh, Kenny Pickett is still extremely mediocre, 14 for 23. 126, your two touchdowns in, on the offensive side of the ball came from Najee Harris and Jalen Ward on the ground. Um, both of them had very good days. Uh, Jalen Ward, 15 for 105. Najee Harris, 16 for 82. So it looks like the key to beating this team is by putting it on the ground. Um, and oddly enough, everybody was talking about how Aaron Jones looked healthy. He did out-attempt A.J. Dillon, but A.J. Dillon outrushed him 9 for 70. Um, you never know what you're going to get with that backfield. This is a team I'm staying away from, and it's honestly a team I can't stand to watch at this point. Uh, agreed, and that's coming from somebody who owns multiple Packers jerseys. What you're referring to is Jordan Love through two interceptions, one with the ball sitting at the Pittsburgh 14 with 332 left, and one with the ball at the Pittsburgh 16 to end the game. If he converts either one of those, they sit two points down with the extra points pending, so... Yeah. Jordan Love's not the answer. Nope. Do they maybe – are they in the – No, they have no shot. I'm, I'm telling you that this defense is too good. Jordan Love will be a good backup quarterback. He will be a Gardner Minshew in this league. So they are bound to win at least one or two more games. I think he's more apt to be compared to Josh Dobbs. Tyrod no. Taylor even. No. No, no, no. Minshew's better than Minshew's better than Minshew's not as good as either one of them. Let me say that. Just the mustache, I think, makes up for it. I think a lot of people have a mustache bias. You know, you see a good-looking guy in a mustache, you think that guy's probably better than what he thinks he is. It's the whole reason Magnum PI was on TV for that long. Let's move along. Uh, MNT Bank Stadium in Baltimore, where I was at with Dan, saw the Baltimore Ravens fall to the Cleveland Browns 33-31. Dan, I know this is painful for you. Would you like to bet now? I mean, we just, if we could just close out games, we'd be undefeated. Oh, that's true. And this game started terrible if you're a Browns fan. 40 seconds in, Kyle Hamilton bats down. Uh, I guess it was a – I don't even know what he was throwing to. Like, the guy wasn't open even if he gets it over Hamilton. And he didn't see Hamilton, which is amazing given the fact, you know, that purple kind of sticks out. But Hamilton bats a pass down, catches it, runs 18 yards. 40 seconds into the game, the Browns are down 7 to nothing. And then on the next offensive possession for Baltimore, Keaton Mitchell goes on a 39-yard rush. And the Browns didn't have an answer for Keaton Mitchell all game. Like, they didn't. It was just – it was bad. He could – and I don't understand why Baltimore didn't feed him the football in the second half at all. Were they just trying to get the ball to Gus more? Like, I, I don't understand why he didn't have the – he should have touched that football 40 times, especially with you guys up as much as you were. Instead, he got three rushes for 34 yards, one reception for 32 yards, and then they just went away from him. I mean, also, look at the time of possession. And it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. You guys – you guys, you possess, the, you possess the ball most of the second half. And like I said last week, John Harbaugh is is not a big is not a big fan of rookie running backs. So I believe his 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 touches are gonna be limited. But one of the biggest things there was is, is it was only like two it was a two minute time difference going into the half. Um and to end the game, you guys had you guys were you guys had two minutes on us with possession going into the half. And it ended at almost nine. So you're talking about a whole half of quarter when it comes to football there. I mean, it, it is what it is. But do I think Mitchell should get the rock more? Yeah, I think he has to be a key part in this Thursday night game coming up. And that's simply because you look at what Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary just did on the ground against this Bengals team. We have to run this ball. Exactly. And you got to get more from Gus Edwards. 11 for 24. He did have a touchdown. But – when your starting running back is averaging just over two yards a carry, that's not good. And if you're Baltimore, you had the lead for 59 minutes of this football game. Why do you only have, what, 19, 21, 24 rushes total and 23 passes? I don't understand that. Somebody's got to explain that to me. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't look great either. Uh, 20 for 34, 213, a TD and a pick. 
Uh, Dan, I believe I made you take a picture of it. He started the game, what, one for nine for 19 yards and an interception? Uh, something like that. So really, I guess once he got his head screwed on straight and about midway through the second quarter, he kind of settled down and looked good. Jerome Ford finally had a game we could be proud of. 17 for 107 on the ground. Um, we got to give a shout out to, 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 to the Browns kicker, Dustin Hopkins. Now, granted, he him uh, missing an extra point caused a lot more drama than what needed to happen. But uh, he he did he had himself a day a 36 yard field goal a 28 yard field goal a 23 yard field goal and credit credit the Raven defense for making some big stops in the red zone. And then he had the game winning 40 yard field goal. Also, Greg Newsom, who looked like a blow pop with a big helmet and a tiny body got a pick six to bring that game within a point that Hopkins missed the extra point on. Um, A few interesting things about this one, Dan, when the Browns have been trailing by 14 or more points against an AFC North opponent, they were 0 59 and one going into this game. After this game, they are one 59 and one. Dan, did you know since 1970, when the number one and number two defensive play in week 10 or later the top ranked defense is 11 and one the browns were the number one defense in the nfl the ravens were two and the browns won just i didn't want to throw insult injury there also this game was the fourth time in nfl history super bowl era of course where uh the fourth team in the super bowl era to win after trailing in the first minute and not leading until the final play of the game so how do you like them apples buddy did you say something yeah i thought you weren't listening anyway the browns improve to six and three the ravens fall to seven and three and still lead the north for now on a technicality give it time at I least mean, you can't they lose lead in a bye the week north because they have a better week they have a better record at least you can't lose in a bye week Tampa Bay, let's move along, wins 20-6 to over the Tennessee Titans. The Buccaneers improve to 4-5. and five. The Titans fall to 3-6. and six. I think my cat got into the cat now. Yeah, we're, yeah. Anyway, um, not a lot to say about this one. These aren't two great teams here that played at Raymond James Stadium in the early slate. What do you got on this one, buddy? I mean, there really ain't much to talk about this. Tampa Bay just kind of had this game going. Tampa Bay has a solid defense going up against a rookie quarterback and Will Levis. Uh, 19 for 39 for 139 is what he did. Um, And an interception. Baker went 18 for 29 for 278. Uh, One interception, two touchdowns. Uh, man, I've, I've been, I said it from the beginning of the season, so I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I said that Tampa Bay offensive line was terrible. Rashad White was going to play a huge part on, in whether or not uh, they can get going. They're finally using him in the pass game from a stamp. I mean, granted, only three targets for two receptions, but one of them was like a 43-yard touchdown uh, through the air. They, they have to get him more involved because, especially against a team like the Titans, you should have been able to, to expose that a little bit more. Uh, because that offensive line is just not getting the push they need to open up the holes for him. But uh, they're getting it done, and they're going to be in a fight for a division that is really bad, Um, really bad. And, you know, I'm going to ask this to you uh, every time Baker has a good game and every time Deshaun doesn't, the Browns make the right move. Uh, I mean, Deshaun's just playing a little tight. That that isn't the answer to a question, yes or no. Browns made the right move. Uh, in, I mean, in hindsight, I mean, yeah, they, they made the right move. They got the better quarterback. Fair enough. You got anything else you want to add on this one? No, not really. I mean, there's really not much to talk about from the Tennessee side. Uh, you shut down, it looks like you shut down Derrick Henry. You shut down that offense. Uh, Nook Hopkins had a quiet game. Kyle Phillips was their leading receiver. All right, let's move along on this one. Let's go to, uh, State Farm Stadium in Tempe, Phoenix, Tucson, Arizona somewhere. The Arizona Cardinals improved to 2-8 with a 25-23 last-second victory over the now 4-6 Atlanta Falcons. Um, 
This one was big thanks to uh, Desmond Ritter could not complete the two-point conversion with 2.23 left. I listened to this one on my drive home from you. And let me tell you, they it's just some... He completed incomplete. He didn't throw it into the end zone. But it was just, it was odd. It was it was an odd-sounding play, at least. Um, you have been very critical of Ritter, who now appears to be the starting, the, quarterback again? the starting quarterback again, thanks to Tyler Heineke being hurt. So, where do we go from here if you're Atlanta? Are you just pinning back? Behind, are you getting back behind the Ritter horse, or are you kind of hoping Heineke can pull himself out? Because Heineke didn't look good. 8 for 15 for 55 and a score, but he didn't look that great to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. Um, I could really care less about those quarterbacks. The one thing I want to talk about is something I sat here and talked to you about for about 25 minutes uh, each hour leading up to the 1 p.m. games. And that was B. John Robinson finally getting the touches. And look at what he did with them, 22 for 95 and a touchdown. But you have to get him more involved in the passing game as well. Um, at no, least no, no, in my opinion. You could have just stopped after involved. Passing and running. He's your guy. I mean, you spent a you spent a high first round pick on him, but like why is it taking 10 weeks for you to get the get the kid involved? Tyler Algar or Algier, or however you want to say his name. Cordell Patterson's a failure in Atlanta. They're not using him right. He needs to move along. Algier isn't being used correctly, and Robinson needs more work. Well, the the, the thing is, is, is you, you spent the high draft pick on Algier as well the season before, so why did you take Bijan if you thought Algier was your guy? I get it. He was probably the best player available. And that is how most teams should go by the draft. But sometimes you have to – why not trade that pick back and get something better this season? I don't know. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. The offense but doesn't it, fit their, their talent roster. I mean, That's also, Arthur Smith is just a terrible head coach. Yeah, the, the offense isn't fitting the talent roster, and that's exactly what we're both trying to say here. Um, how about Kyler? Kyler looked pretty decent coming back, 19 for 32, 249. He did throw an interception, but added a rushing touchdown on 33 yards on six carries. What did you think about his performance? Uh, I knew he was back because I saw a child running around on the field. Well, let me tell you, we're going to have our bottom feeders coming out tomorrow. Kyler Murray coming back is the reason Arizona is the seventh worst team in football now. That's where I have them. At two and eight, with Kyler Murray, they are only the seventh worst team in football. This is the year of the rookie tight end, too. Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta. Uh, you got Luke Musgrave, which if he had any other quarterback besides Jordan Love, he'd probably be doing good. And Trey McBride, have yourself a game. Stepping up after Zach Ertz gets hurt and goes on IR. Nine targets, eight receptions, 131 yards. Uh, good on you. Looks like to be a real fantasy asset moving forward as well. I don't see that changing because Murray does like that. Marquise Brown did not do much in uh, Murray's return, which was a little bit of a shock because that was his guy. Um, but Rondell Moore looks to be back in form as well. Eight targets, five receptions. Not a ton of yardage here. But uh, this Arizona team may play spoiler down the stretch to some of these playoff teams, playoff hopeful teams. I think they're absolutely going to. By the way, Trey McBride is the first Arizona tight end in that franchise, not just in Arizona, not in St. Louis, not in Phoenix, not in Tempe, not in Chicago, but in that franchise history to have a 100-yard receiving game since 1989. So we can take Chicago out of that. So they are the first ones in um, the first ones since 89. So since they were in St. Louis, just want to throw that out there. Uh, let's move along, shall we, boy? Um, I'm going to fact check you on that. So you go ahead and move along. You can. He's the first rookie tight end since 1989 in Arizona Cardinal history to have 100 receiving yards. Is and that again. better? And again, did I word that better for you? I'm still going to fact check that. Let's talk about. Uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm not. I don't care that much. Actually. Let's talk about something that I thought was going to be an upset. 
The Detroit Lions improved to 7-2 with a nail-biter victory. 41-38 over the now 4-5 and five and reeling. Los Angeles Chargers. Dan, Brandon Staley, how long does he have a job? Uh, maybe till the end of the season if he's lucky, but he's got to, he needs to go. He is definitely in the hot seat in, you know, if anybody cared about Charger football, I think maybe he'd have been replaced by now. But whenever a team goes into SoFi Stadium, it's pretty much a ninth home game for a lot of these teams. So, oh, I'd have been deeply upset if that had gone in. Um, Detroit did what Detroit should have done and what Detroit needed to do. Jared Goff was 23 for 33 for 333 and two touchdowns. Uh, David Montgomery, 12 for 116 and a score. Jahir Gibbs, 14 for 77 and two touchdowns. He also had a three for 35 through the year. Amin Ross St. Brown uh, is a man among boys, children, infants, toddlers even. Uh, Eight for 156 and a score. They they had no match for him. When he wanted the football and when he got the football, it was – he caught the football. Justin Herbert, to his credit, didn't have a bad game. 27 for 40, 323, four TDs, one interception. Austin Eckler, 19 for 67 and a score, four for 48 through the air. Keenan Allen, 11 catches, 175 yards and two scores. This game was good. This was a really good game, and the Chargers probably should have won this one. You got your thoughts? Um, Justin Herbert is still one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Jared Goff is going to get himself another nice payday, um, which is wild to think about when you think about where he was, what, three years ago? Talking about being the most overrated, and he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, man, they I don't really know where to go from this. Uh, Detroit in my opinion, has this division locked up. And right, they should. The only thing, if if, if they take their foot off the gas and, and Minnesota rides Gibbs or Dobbs. I, I don't see, I don't see Dan Campbell allowing them to take their foot off the gas. That's not the type of coach he is. Dan Campbell is one of, this Detroit team has became one of my favorite teams to watch. Uh, just the story behind a lot of these guys. I love Sam Laporta. Um, just like I said, rookie tight ends, man, Amon Ra is a monster. It's just a fun team to watch. Uh, but I mean, we can kind of move forward from there. This was a fun game to watch, to be completely honest as well. Uh, high scoring, high pace. It was a, it was a nice little change of pace from most of the 1 PM games. As far as what we saw. Fair enough. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys putting a chokehold on the giants 49 to 17. This Game is very reminiscent of something that just happened. Draymond Green just put a chokehold on Rudy Gobert, leaving him rattled on the floor in Golden State. Dan, you were talking about some uh, quarterbacks being overrated. Justin Herbert. Um, Cowboys sit in 6-3, and three, and two of those wins are 41 to nothing against the Giants and 49-17 to 17 against the Giants. Should those count? I mean, they have to count. But should they? I guess so. I mean, and I told you this. I think I, I think I made this reference when these two teams played the first time. This looked like Alabama playing a northern directional Tennessee school in week one or two of their season. It looked the same here. I This was another one that I got to listen to a good chunk of on my way home from Baltimore, which, by the way, terrible city to drive in. I just want to throw that out there right now. If I ever drive in Baltimore again, it will be two lifetimes too soon. Um, but just the Giants are so discomfort. I feel bad for Saquon Barkley. I do. Dude's coming back from so many injuries and has fought so hard to get where he needs to be and is just being absolutely wasted. With the Giants, Tommy DeVito, I get you have nobody else knowing the playbook, but come on. 14 for 27, 86 yards, two TDs, and an interception. He added 41 yards on the ground. Not a bad day in the stat line, but they had that offense. Just, I don't know. Is Brian Dable the problem? I mean, I feel like he gets another season. Uh, for the Cowboys, we can talk about the Cowboys stat line. I mean, Cooper Rush was 7-9. 
He threw nine passes. He threw Cooper Rush through nine passes. That should tell you how out of reach this game was. He also threw an interception. Dak Prescott, 404, four TDs and a pick, 26 for 35. He had 17 yards and a rushing score on the ground. Rico Dowdle, I've never heard that name before. Uh, C.D. Lamb, one, one for 14, a 14-yard rushing touchdown, and 11 for 151 and a receiving touchdown. Brandon Cooks, 9 for 173 and a receiving touchdown. Michael Gallup, 2 for 70, a 41-yard touchdown. I mean, it's just, we could keep going. This was pure and utter domination by a good team against a not uh, an awful team. Are the Cowboys overrated? Are they a Super Bowl contender, yes or no? No, they are not a Super Bowl contender. They are highly overrated. They play bad teams. I 100% believe that. Every time they play a good team, they, 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 they have, what, three losses on the schedule, and one of them is against the Arizona Cardinals, and the other two are against teams that Dallas should be competing against. And I don't believe any of those games are even close when it comes to it. Um, I mean, they lost to the 49ers, and that game was, uh, if I remember correctly, not close. And they also lost to the Eagles. So they lost to the top two teams uh, that most likely are going to be in the NFC Championship game. Um, And to be completely honest, I can actually see them only losing one more game, two more games the rest of the season. Uh, because that's how weak their schedule is. I'm going to run through this very quickly because I don't want to talk much about the Cowboys or their stats because this game looked like a JV team playing Alabama uh, from yonder years. But they have the Panthers. They should win that. Commanders, they should win that. Seahawks at home. So I'll give them that win as well. Um, That's iffy. I mean, we saw what happened to the Seahawks when they came to Baltimore. So. Oh, my gosh. Okay, but the Cowboys are not the Baltimore Ravens. Um. They have the Eagles at home. That That's should a be loss. a loss. Although it's They're, at home, it's a it's a division it's a division game at home. I'm I'm still going to count this as a loss because I think the Eagles are far superior. Um, they have the they're in they're in Buffalo, so maybe that's a loss. You but, just got done ripping Buffalo, saying they're. I mean, well, uh, that's, that's yeah, also that's also the the middle of December, and they go from playing in a dome to playing in one of the coldest places to play. So I'm saying maybe a, maybe that's a loss. Um, and then they're at Miami, which is the Battle of the Frauds. Um, oh. oh. You're the one that last week that gave us the stat that Miami hasn't beat a t- – that Miami's last 10 wins are all against – every the time they play – Sub 500 games, over, yeah. yeah. So, I mean – All 500 or below, yeah. They play Detroit at home, but I think – I think unless Detroit has that division locked, I think they're still playing for the number one seed at that point. And then they're at Washington. So I, I mean, I, 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 they're in the playoffs. I don't see them winning the division. I think the Eagles still have that, but right. I haven't looked at the Eagles schedule the rest of the way. So I don't really know, but I well, don't see them with many more losses because they have a pretty weak schedule. I mean, they should go on a nice little four game tear here, uh, including this win before they play uh, the Eagles again at home. So what you're saying is we could potentially see one of the worst 13-win teams get blown out in the playoffs. Uh, 100%, yes. Fair enough. Uh, just one more thing on this game. Debo Sam, or I'm sorry, CeeDee Lamb, is the first player in NFL history to have 10 catches and 150-plus yards in three consecutive games. Throw that out there. No, I mean, look, look, look. I was wrong about CD, and I'll be honest. Like, we Dak looks wrong. really, Dak looks really good, even in his, even in the losses. Dak. Uh, okay, now the, hold the on. game against the Eagles. I, I will say he made some dumb decisions there, but Dak has looked better this season than he has in years past. I'm, I resent that comment on sheer premise because you're saying that like he's not a good quarterback. Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. In fact, Dak Prescott has 10 games of over 400 yards. And in all of the Cowboys Hall of Famers that have played under center, your Roger Staubachs, your Troy Aikmans, your Drew Bloodsoes, okay, your Tony Romos, all the other Dallas quarterbacks combined in their history have nine total 400-yard games. Dak Prescott has 10. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Dak Prescott is an above-average quarterback. 
No, I, I, I'm sick. I'm sick of the slander. I'm sick of the slander. Let's move along. Let's Deshaun move Watson's on. a good quarterback. I'm sick of that. That's just a lie. Uh, let's move I'd rather on. have Deshaun, Wat- Deshaun Watson on the Cowboys and they're undefeated. Let's try this. A third. Oh, wow, that is stupid. Let's out move of all on. Of the, out of the stupid. I mean, out of all the stupid things you've said on this show, including wearing that stupid fluorescent orange headband that you're rocking right now, that is the dumbest thing I've seen come out of your mouth. <sighs> on to Seattle at Lumen Field. On to Seattle at Lumen Field. On to Seattle at Lumen Field. The Seattle Seahawks 29. The Washington Commanders 26. Seattle improves to 6-3. and three. The Washington Commanders fall to 6-4. and four. This is another one that came down to the very bitter, bitter, bitter end. Jason Myers, a 43-yard field goal, which was needed as the Commanders tied the game thanks to a 35-yard Sam Howell to Diami Brown connection. With 52 seconds left. This was not a good game, as in fact it was a field goal fest for much of the first half into the second half. Brian Robinson Jr. caught a 51-yard pass from Howell. The extra point was missed. And then that was followed by the next six scoring plays were field goals. Until Kenneth Walker caught a deep pass from Geno Smith. Jason Myers tacked on a field goal. Then Antonio Gibson from Sam Howell. Tyler Lockett from Geno. Deami Brown from Sam Howell, and then Jason Myers ended it with a field goal. Did you watch much of this one, buddy? I did not, no. Okay, well, let me break down how this one ended. Sam Howell caught Deami Brown on a deep pass down the middle for 35 yards and a score. Seattle then kicked the football back. Geno Smith hit, I'm sorry, I am screwing this up. Washington then kicked the football, and then Geno Smith found... Zach Carbonet twice, DK Metcalf for 17 yards, and then a big hitter from his 48-yard line with 24 seconds left found DK for 27, taking the football to the Washington 25. They had to hurry up and spike this football with four seconds left. Washington tried to ice the kicker, but it was Jason Myers taking care of business, giving Seattle a victory that maybe they didn't deserve. Uh, Sam Howell did play well. What do you think about Sam Howell? Is he the answer in Washington? No. God, no. Have you watched him play it all this season? But he had a good game. Are we supposed okay. to overreact? He has, he has a, I mean, he has honestly a, a bunch of good games. If you actually look back, he's somehow probably statistically one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. If you look at passing yards, I guarantee you he's up towards the top. I mean, just running through the game log here, uh, he's passed for over – you got me using a new site, and now I'm completely lost. Holy oh, my shit. God. Oh, I got you here. I got you. Yes. I mean, he's, he passed, I, he's passed for over 300. One, two, three, four. And in his last three games, he's passed for over 300 all three times. So, statistically, he doesn't have bad games, but most of these numbers honestly come late in garbage time whether they're up a ton or they're down a ton. So, I mean, he's he has had two pretty solid games against Philly both times. But, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's the answer. I think he's a bridge quarterback. Maybe he gets them through another season. Uh, but I think he's a good backup. I think he's a, somebody that can come in and maybe provide a spark off a bench if a quarterback gets, gets hurt or something like that. Have you looked at his – look at his profile. Look at his player picture on pro football reference. That literally looks like the definition of a mugshot of a frat boy coming out of a party. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's not a mugshot. That's a guy that's just got done doing the walk of shame. Like, he's the guy that's been picked up for passing out in the front yard of his frat, and he's getting arrested for drunken disorderly. So it's still technically a mugshot. But uh, I digress. Yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Let's move on to Sunday Night Football and continue the string of terrible primetime games. This is what the... Fourth of five in a row we've had that have been crap. I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't watch a single snap. The 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 third of five because this upcoming Thursday night football game is gonna be shit too. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders 16, the New York Jets 12, and the most interesting thing to come from this game came from and was it today or yesterday's Pat McAfee show? Was it yesterday? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. That they had Aaron Rodgers? So that yeah, would be so today. it was today. Um, anyway, 
16 to 12 Raiders win their five and five Jets fall to four and five. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said he'll be back on Thanksgiving. That's goal. That's insane. That is insane. Anyway, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this one. I'm actually going to defend Zach Wilson here for a second. The floor is yours. He threw an interception late in this game. Shot. That interception was probably one of the best defensive plays you will see all season. That that one I'm I'm going to chalk up to a good defensive play. Um and Ed is over here making googly eyes at somebody on his phone, just distracting the hell out of me. So, Ed, go ahead and talk again, because apparently I can't let you not talk for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> um, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you about Zach Wilson not being – he deserves better than the rap he's getting with the Jets. He is yeah. in an impossible situation. Oh, another thing that did come from this game, and I think this can be a huge pickup for a team that is maybe in the playoff hunt. Michael Carter was was released today. Do we know Jets. why? Uh, I have not seen anything on that, but uh, Michael Carter was a very solid running back last year after Brees Hall went down. Um, and to be completely honest, if they were going to release either Dalvin Cook or him, if I were them, I probably would have released Dalvin Cook, to be completely honest. Absolutely. Dalvin Cook washed. I mean, I guess there was a reason why Minnesota cut him. That's not an answer. Everybody questioned that, but watching him play this year, I mean, is it the bad offensive line? But Brees Hall still seems to break one off every once in a while. I don't know, man. He Um, just didn't in this one. I mean, 13 for 28. Yeah, no, that's terrible numbers too. Um, But once again, bad offensive line, good good defensive line. So it's one of those things. I mean, somehow that offensive line kept Zach Wilson up. He only got sacked twice compared to last, what, Monday night? God, the Jets, so much prime time. Oh. Oh, it's because that's the Aaron Rodgers effect. And they have another prime time game in two weeks. They play on Black Friday. Oh, my God. This is why the NFL needs to flex games out of prime time. They, They need to. They need to do this from week I mean, one to you, week thirteen. I mean, you made the comment about this game. You made the comment about this the, uh, about the Ravens Cincinnati game. I feel like it was tongue in cheek. Being being it was. Shit. That's that's going to be a good game. It, absolutely. But that that game could be that game could be a six three game, and it's still going to be one of the best games that we've seen on primetime in a while. Just simply because you know the defensive hits that you're going to get in an AFC North divisional battle. Oh, I'm going to hate watch the hell out of that game. I didn't watch much of this one either. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I fell asleep. I mean, you also were coming. You were, you just, you got back home probably halfway through the first quarter or so. So, yeah, I fell asleep. This game was not appealing to me. It wasn't appealing uh, to me when we picked it because if you remember, both of us, him and Hawd, back and forth on this one because neither of us cared. Yeah. Also, um, another rookie tight end, Michael Mayer, scored the only touchdown in this game. This was a good year for tight ends coming out of the draft, man. I don't, I can't remember the last time that I've been this excited about a position in football simply because it sucks in fantasy. It's one of the worst fantasy football positions there are, and uh, it, it got a lot better this year. Yeah, now that Gronk's gone, you really have nobody to pick from, I guess, other than George Kittle or 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 Travis Kelsey or you know, whatever. It's not that bad, I don't think. It's not like picking a kicker, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills. I don't know what we can say about this one. Denver improves to 4-5. and five. Buffalo falls to 5-5 five and five with a 24-22 victory. Neither team deserved to win this football game. Um, I'm going I'm no. to kind of say something here, and, and it's going to be a little sneakily because I don't think you're going to realize it. Uh, Denver has won their last three games in a row. Mm-hmm. One of those games came against the Chiefs, and they beat the Chiefs pretty handily. Outlier because it's a, it's a divisional game that um, can happen. They very well could end up in the playoff hunt. In the hunt, uh, they are current. They are currently only sitting third in their division. But man, this uh this team, if they're starting to click, it could be a little scary with some of the talent they have. I still don't believe in them. Um, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there as a, as a thing of maybe it's something to keep an eye on. And that's fine. 
But you know a game is bad when neither Peyton nor Eli have anything to say about this game the way it ended. This was a train wreck in every sense of the word. If you didn't see it, I'm not sure you'd believe me if I explained it to you. The final drive by Denver was awful. It was awful. Third and 10, Russell Wilson from the Buffalo 45-yard line. They need a field goal. 35 seconds left. Doesn't find Jerry Judy. Defensive pass interference. Very questionable call. Very questionable call. Oh, I completely disagree. Oh, puts the ball on the Buffalo 17. Hold on. No, 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 no. I'm not letting that. How can you say that's a questionable call? He didn't turn around and look at the ball. Forget the fact that it was underthrown. Jerry Judy has the right to come back to that ball. And all the all the cornerback is doing is holding his arms up. 100% that is defensive PI every time. Whether it's a shit defensive PI or if it's or if it's a good defensive PI. It is DPI every single time. And it should be called every single time. So, okay. My whole thing is I firmly believe in the catchable football rule. The the flag comes out way too often for bullshit like that when Jerry Judy's going to have to make a Pro Bowl caliber play to come back and catch that football. There's a high probability he's not going to get there, and he's not going to make that catch. Don't call defensive pass interference. What percentage oh, are you going to give that? Hold on. What percentage are you going to give that he catches it? 15. Okay, so 15%. That's still more than okay. zero. Let me finish what I'm saying. Don't call DPI and give them the ball on the 17. Call it what it was. Illegal contact. It's a five-yard penalty. Put the ball on the 40, and it's first and 10 with 35 left. Illegal contact is the same as defensive holding on a receiver, which is when it's done before the ball is up. Once the ball is in the air, it becomes pass interference. Okay. Change the freaking rule. Um, we're, okay. we're not going to go in circles about this one, but you're 100% wrong based off the rule. Based on the rule, uh, concede. I'm wrong. The rule needs changed. It's the fumbling the football out the back of the end zone rule. It needs changed. The DPI rule is so in favor of the offense, it's disgusting. Uh, but anyway, that put it right there. And then comes the final play of the game. Seven seconds left. Fourth and 16. Will Lutz lines up from 30 or from 41 yards wide right. Except Buffalo forgets to count to 11, they count to 12. No play, 12 men, five yards, replay the down. With four seconds left, Will Lutz kicks the field goal, and we get a whole bunch of Scorpion reactions from the Buffalo sideline. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about actually leading up to this drive is uh, not, not leading up to this drive, on this drive. Uh, Russell Wilson takes a knee, so it's 21-20. Buffalo calls a timeout. At this point in time, um, I believe they should have kicked the field goal there. There should have been no reason for Russell Wilson to take – I mean, obviously it worked out for him in hindsight. But from a strategic standpoint, I don't think you should be going emergency field goal there because of what happened. Happened, right? Lutz rushed out there. He didn't have time to go through all his breathing exercises right. and everything like that. Granted, yeah, you're probably going to be giving Josh Allen the ball with 21 seconds on the clock, but I I don't know. That's man. not I, very hard. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. But. I mean, clearly it worked out for him, right? They got the 12 men on the field. So that is what it is. I just feel like that was kind of a, a bad coaching call um, from that aspect. But, yeah. You know the difference between a good coach and a bad coach? The wins and losses. That things work for a good coach. Uh, that's going to be the end for what week is that? Week 10. Let's move on to our week 11 picks. Dan, we have a lot of similarities on this one. And I changed some just to try to make up some ground because I finished 8-7 and seven last week. You finished 10-5. and five. That's right. I fall another two games behind you. You now sit at an amazing 104-56. and 56. I am now at 92-68. and 68. A full 12 games behind you. Congratulations, sir. I may have to concede the season to you right now, and we're barely halfway through. Anyway, let's move along. Cincinnati's at Baltimore. We both picked Baltimore on Thursday night, and I think this one is a pretty easy pick. 
Pittsburgh is going to Cleveland, and I do believe that Cleveland won't lose a franchise-caliber player in this one due, a, due to a dirty hit, so Cleveland will roll. Miami is going to host Vegas. We both have Miami. In fact, that is Dan's bona fide survivor pick. Tell me why, Danny boy. Uh, I just, I mean, this Vegas team is has won two games since changing coaches. I think uh, Miami is playing a uh, team under 500, so they win. Fair enough. Chicago is at Detroit. We both picked Detroit. Detroit is my survivor pick because the Bears suck. Our first difference, Tennessee is going to Jacksonville. You have Jacksonville. I have Tennessee. I do not believe in Jacksonville. I think there's going to be a hangover. I think Tennessee does enough to get this done. The Chargers are going to Green Bay. We both have the Chargers. Arizona goes to Houston. You're still riding CJ Stroud? Uh, yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm all in on this kid. Short Kings live on. Go give me some Kyler. The Dallas Cowboys are going to Carolina. This game should be over halftime. First quarter. Okay. The Giants are at Washington. We both have the Commanders. San Francisco will beat Tampa Bay. We both have San Francisco at home. The Jets are going to Western New York. You pick the Jets. I, I feel like I'll give you one back here since I had all my picks in early. Uh, okay. That's uh, okay. Thank you. The Rams are going to host the Seattle Seahawks. I have the Rams just cause I can't give you a reason why. Uh, Minnesota is going to Denver. You're changing it. That one to Denver too. Why? Um, Honestly, after watch, after watching the game last night, I, I kind of believe in Denver. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to pick them to beat. I'm going to pick them to, to beat Minnesota here. Um, I, I think this Denver team has found something, and they're clicking on more cylinders. The defense has gotten better. All right. And then our final game is Monday Night Football, a rematch of the Super Bowl. Kansas City will host the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the Chiefs. You have the Eagles. I flipped the coin. I did, too. That's just the way that runs. Uh, it. Indianapolis, Atlanta, New Orleans, and New England are on a bye this week. Coming up next week, we got a full slate of games, 16 on four different days. Correct. It's going to be a busy week next week. Dan, let's move to my favorite part of the show. Stuff you may not know. Dan, did you know the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit a walk-off inside the park, grand slam, home run, is Roberto Clemente. Do you know that? Yeah, I knew that. That makes sense. Listen to Dan over here with his big trivia knowledge and blah, blah, blah. Dan, did you know that the Chicago Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer? They have 14 straight seasons without a QB starting 16, all 16 or now all 17 games. They have had one Pro Bowl quarterback since Jim McMahon in 1985, and that was Mitch Trubisky, not Jay Cutler, in 2018. And they finished last in passing yards seven times since 1970. The most of any team. Does any of that shock you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. The the never had a 4,000-yard passer because Jay Cutler was good. And I looked. He, he threw for 38-12. Yeah. So. That that um, does shock me a little bit. Like, I, I thought smoking. The, the, the smoking Jake. I mean. Also. Well, Mr. Trubisky was played sooner, but I was going to say also the fact that Jay Cutler was never a pro bowler on that, too. I mean, yeah, you, you, I know, go, right? you go back and you look at his stats when he played in Chicago and the dude was a good quarterback, man. The the dude was a was a good quarterback for a good majority of his career there. But he was selected to the pro bowl in 2008. So. Hmm. First team AP all pro as well. Wait, hold on. 14 straight seasons. How many years ago was that? 2009. Okay, so fine. Jay Cutler threw for 4,500 yards in 2008. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be the end for this episode. Coming up, you are going to get a full 1-32 to 32 NHL ranking coming from Dan. You're also going to get my bottom feeders every other week. You're going to get that. 
And there's been a shakeup in that tree, as I mentioned before. Dan's going to give you his power rankings if they haven't been posted already. You're also, and I've been teasing this forever, and I just finished it. You are going to get the Monday Night Miracle, my next big writing project. All of that and more is going to be posted. Uh, you may also even get some of the special posting and graphic stuff that I like doing whenever I have the time. So, Dan, you got anything else? I do not. Well then, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of the game later who can make it better. See ya! <laughs>